0: What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Sailor and Taylor, it's two in a row for the Buffalo Sabres, picking up back-to-back wins for the first time this season as they took down the Philadelphia Flyers 5-2 in a game which saw another really solid performance from Uko Pekolukunin picking up 38 saves in the win which also saw Brandon Byro picking up his first two NHL goals in this game, getting a chance to play with Tage Thompson and Jordan Greenway going up against a Philadelphia team that's had a surprisingly hot start to the season. So Taylor, give me your reaction to this game and the Sabres coming away with back-to-back wins for the first time in the 2023-2024 season.
1: They got outshot 40 to 15. I know that's a little misleading. Really, they're lucky that UPL uh did such a quality job in the second period, just to go through it, I guess. But the first period was it was mostly good. And it was a little bit of bad luck in the first period. Henry Oki Haru tipped in a shot uh less than a minute into the game. Uh that obviously Lucan had no chance. And considering the deflection, they had a goal taken off the board by Jeff Skinner, but uh, Byro got it back right away. So that really didn't even matter that much. And then, you know, they go to the period tied at two because of kind of an incredibly incredible tip. Was that Couturier, if I'm not mistaken? Um, so that was really two tip shots that Lukanen didn't have a chance at, one of which was a total fluke. One of which was just, I really right Atkinson? Atkinson. Yep. Yep. That's right. So, Not a bad way to leave the first period. Not great either. But the second period was a disaster. Just they looked terrible all the way through. Super sloppy. Philadelphia really controlled the flow of the game. But considering their lower skill level, to put it nicely, they did have trouble getting good quality shots off, good quality scoring chances. Like I mentioned, their shots were 40 to 15. Scoring chances are not that far apart. Expected goals really not that far apart. It just the Sabres offense was totally stymied and they couldn't get anything going. The third period was much better. And then obviously we have a little bit of score effects uh, in that. That's kind of why Philadelphia had so many shots, but I wouldn't call it a great effort considering Philadelphia's talent, but there were some encouraging things. First, of all, like I said, it wasn't as bad as the shots made it seem second by Great game. They put him in a position to succeed. And he did Owen power continues to look good. And UPL, not a lot of high quality shots, but definitely, first of all, no bad goals. Not even anything approaching a bad goal, in my yep. opinion. And he stopped those. its, it's He stopped a, a high volume of low-quality shots, which sure. is good. You should stop a higher percentage, but to stop all of them, basically, that's that's uh, it's a good effort. And he looks a little bit more like he did last December and January. So thumbs up overall because they got the win, but... <laughs> Things looked really dicey for a while.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was good in the fact that, like, the Sabres need to be able to win those games every once in a while where they get outplayed a bit or outshot. And the fact that they were able to do so by a three-goal margin, I think, was really encouraging. To put a little bit of further context to your point about the latter half of the game, the Sabres were outshot 30-8 to in the second and third period combined. Oh, my God, and they
1: scored three goals.
0: Yeah. Talk about <laughs> otherworldly shooting percentage. My God. But I, actually, live. that's
1: a good point. The, the fellow that was in that we didn't mention this, but Carter Hart came out within 10 minutes mm-hmm. and he had given up. He doesn't he didn't look healthy. He given up two goals. Uh, the guy who came in, whose name was Erickson. Yep. No first name given. Uh, <laughs> he uh, he had a seven sixty save percentage coming in, and I don't know if it got better.
0: We're going to probably say no to that, I would think. I mean, oh, boy. More well, on him
1: later when we talk about the upcoming game, but
0: when we, we talk about Leith Erickson. Uh anyways though, Taylor, let's talk about again the story of this week so far. UPL. We had talked about him a bit on our on our Monday episode. And I think coming into this season, everybody pretty uh, universally did not have the highest of hopes for him. You and I both included within that really not expecting much out of him, of him here. And as has been the case throughout his career, UPL has had his fair share of ups and downs. Inconsistency has really been the hallmark of his game where there's some nights where you're seeing the second round pick. That was one of the most outstanding players and not even just the OHL and the CHL when, and, and his draft plus one year, but, it really starts to feel like sometimes where you're starting to see shades of that guy peeking out a little bit. And then then there's other times where just the wheels completely come off and it's just, he can't stop a beach ball here. Now, thankfully, When they really need him most, he really is showing up for them and has been playing very well, all things considered, these last couple of games here. And when I say they need him most, it's, of course, because of the fact that we're dealing with a potentially longer-term injury for Eric Comrie week to week. And Devin Levi being, quote-unquote, day-to-day, but now he was able to dress as the backup for the last game. Have to think he'll probably get a start this weekend, maybe against Toronto on Saturday but can you talk a little bit about the importance of UPL being able to step up how he has in the early goings and the Sabres now digging themselves out of that early hole and getting back to 500 here in the early goings of the season?
1: Yeah, definitely. Because the way thing, if I would have told you before the season, that the Sabres wouldn't really get much in the way of luck through 10 games that Devin Levi would get hurt after four uh, that they wouldn't especially uh, they wouldn't be anywhere near their scoring pace from the year prior and that the power play would be an unmitigated disaster. You would be like, oh shit, what are they? One and nine. All those things went wrong, but they're five and five. And part of the reason is because their defense is genuinely improved up and down the lineup. That's the best part. There's not one guy that's just about to fall off. But for example, even Tage is playing really good defense. I didn't think that was something he was going to add to his arsenal. You have power taking a huge step. You just, in general, the defense is good, but the goaltending overall in a stat we brought up a lot in the past few years, goals saved above expected. They are in the positive, man. We are not in the positive a lot. I don't know. Last time they were maybe 2016, 17, they were in the, in the positive. They've been in the negative a lot. Even UPL is positive. Commerce positive. I mean, that is saying that Despite the fact that the defense is better, not that despite in addition to the fact that the defense is better, the goaltending is also better. And the third thing is the penalty kill. The penalty kill, as we've mentioned, has been significantly improved last year at times. It was historically bad. Now they're in, you know, they're like the top third of the league. It's it's not a death sentence anymore when uh, you see the, the ref's arm go up, which is great. And and that feels sustainable, too, because it's partially strategy, partially personnel adding Greenway and Eric Johnson. So that that's great. So I wouldn't say it doesn't matter that they're not scoring as much. It obviously matters. But on the other hand, Tage has gotten going to some extent. Cousins has, I didn't love him last night, but Cousins has Skinner. You know, he's, he's been fine all year scoring wise. And then, you know, Darlene's continued to rack up assists and you've had, well, Alex talk. We should talk about him in a minute, but all those guys. And then the power play, which we know hasn't been good. It's also not this bad. That's a little bit of luck. So that'll go your way. So I know this is kind of a, maybe this is a dumb way of looking at things, but I could easily look at it this way and say, you take away that opening night disaster, their last nine games, they're five and four with a plus seven goal differential. That's good. Very
0: good. Absolutely. Well, you just brought up Alex Tuck there. Alex Tuck obviously has had a bit of an up and down start to the year. It was very, very down at the beginning, and he seems to be turning it around as of late here. Taylor, what are your thoughts on Tuck that you wanted to share? Well, I don't know if you saw this,
1: but he may or may not be playing Friday. Looks like the Sabers called up Lucas Lucas Rusek for practice today, uh, and Tuck had a maintenance day. So I don't know if that means that Tuck is for sure out. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. So you'll probably know more when you're listening, but there's a chance Tuck is not playing today, tonight against the Flyers. So I guess we have to keep an eye on that. But yeah, right now it seems like there's a potential that Rusek plays, uh, who he's been part of uh, Rochester's uh, pretty awesome start on offense. So I guess we'll see how that goes. But I, I was going to say it's weird. Tuck started really slow and he seemed hurt and he seemed like kind of fine, but I don't know. He must be still hurt. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that was the thing that everybody kind of logically went to at the start of the year when he was just playing so uncharacteristic of how we've seen him play since he's become a Buffalo Sabre. You know, I mean, last year, he really asserted himself as a legitimate top line player. And at the start of this year, he looked lost out there. He looked unengaged. The physicality in his game that we had come to love really wasn't there. It just, it was not even remotely the same player. And so naturally, that leads you to believe that it's got to be an injury because he's, of course, also not at a point in his career where you would think that there'd be some steep decline in his production or his play. Like he's not even close to being at that point yet. So it makes sense that he's maybe a little bit dinged up here. And ultimately, it's so early in the season here. They have some roster flexibility now. They have more than capable guys that they're able to call up. I mean we Byron obviously had a great game. Rusak is getting a shot now. Yuri Kulik, Kulik, I should say, because again with the back and forth with the pronunciation. Kulik though, I, I mean, he's like we said in our preview episode, probably in more than half the teams in the NHL, he's playing in the NHL right now. Yeah. He could be he, playing he, here. He's ready. Like he should be, yeah, he absolutely should be. He he is more than capable. And so if tuck is nursing something or if something got aggravated that was bothering him early in the earlier in the year that he maybe thought he shook and now it's reappe- re-emerged or whatever, you have the luxury of doing what you got to do. If you got to sit him down for a couple days or for a game or two here, get him right, utilize the depth that you have within the organization within the system, and then have him come back when he's more, I, I mean, I don't know if we can say full strength, but when he's a, a lot closer to that than where he is right now. So Again, like we got to be thinking about the long game here. Like, this is so early in the season. You have this depth. You have the luxury of being able to plug and play guys. You also have the luxury of not having to be reliant on that top line anymore, since it's been very apparent over these past few games since they've mixed it up that they can shuffle the lines now and that they can still work and that they can compete with teams and that they don't have to rely on Tuck, Tage, and Skinner being together. So, If they got to sit him for for a night or two and it helps get him right. And they have to sit him through the weekend, whatever. Obviously I know we have a huge game against Toronto coming up, but like we need this guy for the long haul and we don't need to run the risk of him further aggravating something and potentially having to miss even more time. If that's even remotely a possibility. With that being said though, let's talk about somebody Taylor who has been consistently very solid this year from start to finish. It seemed like he's just gotten better with each passing game nearly and that's J.J. Paterka. I, I just continue to be so impressed with Paterka, night in and night out for this team, contributing, obviously, in the offensive game, and uh, the offensive zone, I should say, You know, showing chemistry right now that has been really, really apparent and really, really solid with Casey Middlestat and Jeff Skinner. Obviously, Middlestat and Skinner, they both speak for themselves. We talked about that a little bit uh, on our last episode. But Paterka, just, again, it feels like the breakout season that we were hoping that Jack Quinn was going to have, and ultimately Paterka, I think, to a lesser extent. It feels like that's happening right now, and Paterka is really starting to find his game and assert himself as a legitimate top-nine forward in this league with some real scoring production there. So give me your thoughts on on Paterka's performance as of late, and if you think that this improvement that we've seen is a, a further sign of things to come. Well, I hope so. But
1: he... I would say he's been probably their most consistent forward this year. When they started the season, not all that great. They were one and three. It was Paterka who was there, who was the one who was consistently every game bringing the same level of effort and energy. And he's been really solid on both ends of the ice. And that shows up in basically every way. I think he passes the eye test, the analytics test, traditional stats, all of it. He's been really uh, improved and he's done all that. Without his regular linemate from last year, Jack Quinn, so he looks like not just a, a good top nine forward. He looks like a, a good two hundred foot player, which is great to see. And it's kind of a uh, just if you really look at where he started in twenty twenty, he got drafted in this, in the early second round, and that's you know that was a death sentence for a lot of Sabers second round draft picks. Yeah, you know. It's a, uh, it's, it's a long list of guys they've taken since 2002 or whenever that really good second round was. And it, it's not good. It's really ugly. So he, his first year was kind of a wash in Rochester. Cause like the season barely happened. And then year two, it's like, oh, wow. Is this, could this guy make the team out of training camp? And then last year, a solid NHL player. Well, he, I should say really good in the AHL in 21, 22, Really solid last year in the NHL, but definitely overshadowed by a lot of people, including his line mate, Jack Quinn. And then this year, like it just, he's, he's been fantastic. And it's just a further testament to how many guys the Sabres feel like, like young guys they have that it's like, wow, I would, I wouldn't want this guy on another team. I want to keep this guy for 10 years.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. And with that being said, you know, you just know we got to give a shout out to the homies, Marcus Davidson, Eric Cornell, Vaklav Karabacek, uh, Connor Hurley, Justin Bailey. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's really a a quite an impressive. All the The,
1: stars are here.
0: The third rounders too are ooh beautiful, just chef's kiss. Yeah, it's been really great. Connor Hurley. Oh yeah, but no, Paterka. You know, and it was on display last night that he's turning into a guy that uh, in the offensive zone, like you said, it, it extends to the full length of the ice, but in the offensive zone this year he's just been making the guys around him better and he's been setting up plays really well. He's been a little bit more aggressive in shooting this year, which I think has been something that we really needed to see more of last year. I mean, especially when you looked at how great he was in the world championships, it felt like it was like, okay, this guy has the shooting talent. We got to start utilizing this, but also obviously the playmaking ability and look no further than the goal last night between uh middle stats goal with him, Skinner and middle stats so beautifully passing the puck to each other and and they weren't exactly like the best passes but it was great that they were able to bring them in even though there I think there was maybe one or two that were like in the skates but they just so smoothly and calmly were able to keep their composure corral the not so great pass but be able to still finish like that It, it was great it was it was smooth that line looks like they're playing really well together if it ain't broke don't fix it and so I'm looking forward to seeing them continue here before we keep going and previewing this weekend's games Taylor Would you like to hear a word from our sponsors?
1: Brendan, you know who this episode is brought to you by? Would you tell me? DraftKings. Oh,
0: who would have thought?
1: The NFL season is going strong pending Sunday night. And DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with an offer that's even stronger. About 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Like, for example, the big game I just mentioned, Sunday Night. You guys know about it. It's, uh, I'm not nervous. I would say I'm totally at peace with whatever happens in my place in the universe. And, weird thing with that game, Cincinnati's only favored by two at home. I don't know what to make of that. Do you know what to make of it? If so, it's time to get to Mm. DraftKings Sportsbook. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877 8 hope or text hope Y. At 467-369 in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling at 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner, Gold Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and over, but age will vary by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode is also brought to you by Raycon and folks, it may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and the pack calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season. Well, before black Friday, you can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because the early black Friday sale is going on. Now you've heard me talk about Raycon's products before. So The one I always mention is Raycon Wireless Earbuds. We love them. You know what I do with them. Brendan loves them. Ziggy loves them. Everyone Mm -hmm. does. He does. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like the aforementioned everyday earbuds. Known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. This past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. That includes their 5-star reviewed Magic 180 cable, which allows you to charge iOS, micro-USB, and Type-C devices 8 times faster with 100-watt power delivery. Their faucet filter ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water used to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowd and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry up to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Folks, we're back. And... I got a question
0: really quick. Yeah. Important question that I think is on the mind of all of our viewers. Yeah. We love Ray J. Ray J's a big fan of the podcast. We know that. Ray is a huge Sabres guy. Yeah. Sexy Can I was actually Ray J traveling to the future and going back, and he was talking about Tage Thompson's goal-scoring ability. My question I is – I thought it was
1: about Rhett Warner.
0: Mmm. It could be. That's a handsome man. Maybe Taylor Pyatt even. Oh, wow. There we go. Here's my question though, Raycon, great name. Great name for a brand, we love it, we love our sponsors. I just, why would he not approach Akon and say, hey, I have a great business venture and you won't believe the name idea that I came up with for it. Let's go in on this together. And then it's R-A-Y-K-O-N combining Ray J and Akon. Your thoughts.
1: Well, if it's going to be a 50-50 split, you need you need Akon. Ray, Ray J
0: would need to think that adding Akon would more than double their ability to sell.
1: Wouldn't you think I don't...
0: that's the case? No. Have you ever listened to an Akon song? What the hell's wrong with you? I
1: love Akon. But first of all, I already have Raycons. I'm wearing them right now. I wear them every day. So I, it doesn't help me, for example. But what if it's expanding the reach, though?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I
1: think I think Raycon sell because of their quality.
0: Yeah, and... of course they sell because of the quality. I'm just wondering if there's maybe an untapped market, <laughs> like if you know, because it, I, I guess here's my question: like in the Venn diagram of Ray J fans and Acon fans, I don't think that that's a circle. I think that there's some overlap, certainly, but I don't think that it's a it's a circle. So I just I wonder. What it, and it's not too late. We can always amend this, you know. We can have our lawyers, the straight up Sabres uh, legal team, maybe reach out, file a little bit of paperwork, see what the guys think. I don't know. I, who's I, our I lawyer? Heard rumblings that Akon loves the Sabres, but we don't know that for sure. Like how we know with Ray J.
1: Yeah,
0: that's interesting.
1: Who's our lawyer?
0: Is Brock um, a lawyer? It's Yvonne Pascarello, attorneys at law. <laughs> <laughs> I heard he got disbarred. <laughs> No, nah, he got it back. Have you ever watched the show Suits?
1: Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That's it's about him. I've never seen him wear a suit.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say the he premise didn't...
1: of it. Mike from Suits is based on Yvonne. Folks, he didn't pass the bar. He just went in. Uh, uh... There we go. let's move on anyway. Oh. The Sabers are playing Friday night. <laughs> Who are they going to be trying to score on? It's either uh this Erickson fellow, no Leif first name Erickson. given. Oh, Leif Erickson. Yeah, Leif Erickson or. Do you know who their backup is now that heart's out?
0: Who is it, actually? That's a good question.
1: Kale Peterson.
0: Yeah, baby.
1: Revenge game. This is what you get for not signing with us five years ago or longer.
0: Yep. Definitely longer, right? Or no, maybe not longer, but... Roughly five years ago. Give or take. Wow. Jesus. Time flies. Yeah. Uh, That's a good question. I really don't know. I mean, I feel like... The quality of competition has got to be relatively the same. I think Erickson's a little bit younger, if I'm not mistaken. Interesting. Kale Peterson. So remember that LA gave him like a
1: five-year contract? Oh, yeah. And then sent him down to the AHL immediate. Why did they do that?
0: Mm. Mm. Samuel Erickson. That's that's our guy there. Samuel Erickson? Yeah.
1: Is his agent like Tom Hanks and Elvis? Like Elvis' real-life agent? It could be. Incredible stuff. We should get um,
0: confirmation of this.
1: Nah, I'm not going to look into it. Okay. Anyway, the Sabers home, Goatheads Friday night should be almost a packed house. Playing a shitty team that plays hard. For for the record, they do play hard. They're definitely a very Tortorella team in that way, but they're playing against a very bad goalie. You need to score five goals. I agree. You need to go over 500. You get to go with momentum into Toronto. You need to make all that happen.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I think it's going to be, <laughs> obviously the Toronto game is going to be pivotal. That's the one that's everyone is really going to be focused on. And of course it's unfortunate that it's the second half of a back to back, but again, you have won two straight. You win a third straight on Friday night. If you're able to pull out a W against the flyers, three in a row going into Toronto. I mean, that's the kind of momentum you need. And especially if it means that Levi is going to be back for that game too. I mean, it's, but to be fair, also Toronto also off to a a solid start this year. So it's going to be a tough matchup, man. I mean, if they're able to pull out both of these, I think we are just like pedal to the metal guns blazing. Let's do this thing. Like they're back. I, I think in general, they've been looking a lot better. You know, I just I have been thinking back to like after the first couple of games, how there was just some of the reactions were just so outrageous, just unbelievable how some people were so quickly jumping ship. Like, of course, there are things that they needed to clean up. And of course, there were facets to their game that looked ugly. But it's like the first couple of games of the season. It's most teams, even ones that get off to a hot start, even the great teams they are so refining. They still have things that they're going to get better at and not all starts to the season are created equal. Like there's a lot of things that go into that. So of course it's going to take some time for this all to come together. And now you're starting to see those things come together. I feel like they're between the last couple of episodes we've had, there's been several instances of you and I saying something to the effect of like this part of the game looked like what we were seeing last year out of them. And that's so great to see. And so they're starting to get back to that. Like we know what this team is. It's not like these guys are all just falling off a cliff or anything like that. Are there still some question marks? Of course there are, but by and large, a lot of those things have been answered. Daleen has turned it on since the start of the year. Tuck has obviously looked better. Tage has been fantastic. Skinner has been great. Middle stats been really coming through. So, and power as well. You're getting some surprises as well in the, in the form of like Henry Yoki, Haryu, for example, who after looking atrocious, at times, oftentimes I should say over the past couple of years has really seemingly turned his game around. And then on top of that too, you know, uh, there's just been like, er you have Eric Johnson, I think who's been at times a nice bright spot for them. And as we've talked about like his veteran presence on this team, obviously there's some things left to be desired in his game, but overall though, I think he's been solid. One guy though, that I do want to get your thought on that, has been the topic of conversation in the early goings of this year. He certainly was today online and he was somebody, we had to record this episode a day late just due to some scheduling conflicts, but we were planning on talking about this guy. Anyways, is Peyton Krebs and really where he fits in the mix here. I, I think it's a, a, an interesting case when it comes to Krebs because Granato seems to really like him playing in this role on the fourth line, centering Gergensen's and Opozo. And overall he looks solid there. He looks fine there. You and I have talked about, and many other people have talked about the need to give him an extended look playing on a wing in the top nine, giving him a chance to play with skill players for more than just two games at a time and then bailing on it and putting him back to this fourth line role. Because again, it's worth finding out if there is that additional scoring pop there, or if this guy is your long-term defensive 4C, we'll call it. and. I don't think we really have the answer to that either way, because he's still young. He still is getting in the process, I should say, of getting, you know, increasingly or uh, more and more NHL games under his belt. It's not like this is some seasoned veteran where we know what we have here. Like he's still finding his game a little bit, and he really hasn't had the opportunity to get extended looks playing with other skill position players. That being said, I think it is fair for us to wonder given his performance so far, not that it's a definitive Decision or outlook or anything like that, but fair to start to wonder if maybe the offensive ceiling is there or like we've already hit that, or if this is a guy that's just like for him to be able to hack it in the NHL, he has to be one of those guys that like fully adjusts his game to a different role, similar to like Tyson Jost, for example. I think is a great example of this, of a guy that was a first round pick did not end up having the career of a guy who was taken in his draft slot, but was able to adjust his game and has now found a consistent every night spot with the Sabres team for the most part, Victor Olsen aside, obviously. My question for you, Taylor, is where are you at with Krebs right now? Do you think that it's worthwhile for them to give him more of this extended look, maybe getting some opportunities higher up the lineup a little bit? Or do you think it's a matter of, entrenching him further into this defensive role that he currently has on this team and rounding out that part of his game even further and modeling what his game is and the player that he is now into being this long-term fourth line piece for you. Or are you at the point where it's like, let's just move this guy all together?
1: It's hard to know what to do with him. It's almost like they have too many guys that they're dealing with to make it easy to know what to do with, with Krebs in this situation. Like, for example, like they're trying out, you know, Byro up in the top lines right now. They also have Rusek, who may or may not be playing. They just have, they have them. They just, you know, they're still working with Paterka, what Middle Stats doing, integrating Greenway, and then having so many talented guys. And then we all, um, Benson's another example of a guy that's been up this year. Savoy might be right around the corner. You mentioned cool, Kul- Kulik having a the potential chance to come up this year. And then there will be other guys as well. So it's just, there's so many guys involved that I think the Sabres, it might be tempting to just say, well, this guy, he's not making it happen. There's too many guys for us to keep trotting this guy out there. I think that might be a mistake though, to move too fast on it. Cause he has legitimate chops in the defensive zone. And when he's played with better, more talented offensive players, his passing has been a huge asset. So, I could see a future where he's a really good fourth-line center, but he's surrounded by guys who maybe have a little bit more offensive talent, maybe willing to carry the offensive load a little more. As it stands right now, I don't hate the fourth line, but the fourth line is all defense. I don't know what's going on with Gus, why Gus hasn't been more of an offensive force. I know that might sound stupid, but he's, I don't know, been good for like 12 goals the past few years. Like, he hasn't been an offensive zero. Oposo scored 20 goals two years ago. But, man, at this point, they all look like they can't contribute anything offensively. So I think maybe you just see, keep that the way it is for now because, again, it's still – even though team defense has gotten better, it's still not a skill set I would be super confident in for most of the forwards. And maybe you try them with other young guys later on a different kind of fourth line.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that that all makes a, a ton of sense there, and I, I'm in agreement with you that I don't think it's at the point now where you're punting on the guy because, as we've seen with several guys on this team, sometimes development, sometimes development tracks can be kind of weird. And you know what? A a bald coach I know likes has a very important
1: saying: punting is winning. <sighs> Get out there, Sam.
0: <sighs> anyway, <laughs> I didn't ruin your train of thought. You, you ruined my day, <laughs> train of thought. <laughs> my God. Oh, anyways, though, in any event, yeah, I'm in agreement. I don't think it's worthwhile to completely punt on him or think that he has to be relegated to a role yet. I think it's just it's still early in the season. There's a lot of games left here. Let's let this play its course a little bit. And either way, you either have him settling further to this role and you know that you have that part of your lineup kind of secured If He he seems to be a good vibes guy. He seems to really love being a part of this group. So maybe then you're able to get him, you know, at a a decent price, which I think they absolutely will anyways, given his production. Or the alternative is he pops off and he ends up being able to be a a guy that can consistently play up the lineup here. But I, I just don't think it's something that is right to talk about definitively yet per se.
1: Yes. Also imagine this, this January. Bills are down 20 to 10 in the third quarter of a playoff game. It's fourth and two from the Bills' own 48 yard line. Sean McDermott not standing in his normal position, not wearing a headset, sitting on a stool. There's a little tiny bar in front of him, and he's got like a scotch, and he's looking down and forlorn. And he just point motions back to Sam Martin and says, Play it again, Sam. And that's it. Another punt.
0: Uh, anyway, it was like a great place to end.
1: <laughs> yeah, folks, I have a recommendation. What do you got? Uh, it's not for any of you. I'm going to a big 10 football game this weekend. Ooh. Um, And I, so I can say uh, my recommendation is if you are a Purdue fan, watch out buddy. Cause the biggest college football game in America is happening at the big house this week. Everyone's talking about it. Michigan versus Purdue folks. It's uh, it's going to be a doozy, I think. And also I recommend, uh, I don't know anything else I should recommend. Uh, it's uh november right there is i don't have any thanksgiving things to recommend so i'll just say hey halloween's not over it's time to enjoy a movie that maybe you haven't given a fair chance to in the past that's halloween three season of the witch check <laughs> it out let me know what you think the vibes are immaculate they really don't make movies like that anymore uh i miss it i miss that era that
0: i was never around for brendan your thoughts I agree, man. It's a classic flick. One of my one of my favorites. A cult classic, if you will. Um I've seen it, it. is a cult classic, yeah. I, I know. I've I've seen it so many times. You know me. <laughs> you know me. Big, big scary movie guy. It's just my favorite genre. Can't get enough of it. Just give me all the killing, I guess.
1: Yeah. Little bit of anti-Irish racism in that one. Oh more really stereotypes than anything, but we'll let it slide for now carpenter
0: for okay now. for now that's right well said all right i'm gonna recommend a song the voids which is uh julian casablanca's of the strokes his side project they put out a new single called flexor incredible song title name but it's actually a really good song very cool for the a title like flexor you would think that it's like some crazy like harder rock song it's really not Really good guitar work in it. Very, very good vocal melodies. Really catchy hook. I really like the the choruses. I think it's kind of a fun kind of hallmark of what Julian has been doing. Julian Casablancos has been doing with his voice in the latter part of his career, the more recent part of his career, where it's a lot of, in the verses, like a lot of the lower voice held out notes. And then it gets into the chorus and it's like very rhythmic like very very rhythmic both the drums the guitars and he kind of picks up the pace with his vocals a little bit more so it's a really cool song highly recommend checking it out flex Assist by the voids any last thoughts before we sign off taylor go bills go bills all right everybody well, we'll be back with a brand new episode on monday detailing the back-to-back matchup against the flyers and the leafs on set on friday and saturday hopefully we will have some good news on the bills too to talk about in that one but That remains to be seen. In any event, though, thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites. Whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode, make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows. And of course, make sure you're following the Hockey Podcast Network, and the Charging Buffalo on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, where you can also find us Straight Up Savers. And before you close out of this app, whatever you're using to listen to this episode of Straight Up Savers, make sure you leave us a nice little rating or a review as we would very, very much appreciate it. Last but not least, we have our wonderful sponsors, folks. Oh, my God, we love them so much. And that, of course, is DraftKings Sportsbook with that promo code THPN to take advantage of great deals at checkout. And Raycon, all of your audio device needs, go to Raycon, take advantage of the promo code, get in on that folks ray j is a big savers fan so let's show him some support here again we'll be back with a brand new episode on monday everybody thanks so much for tuning in this has been straight up savers